for 12 years in a row. Ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Throw the door wide open. Come on in, Arizona homeowners. To my house. Rosie on the house. After 33 years, over 4,000 hours of broadcasting, over 1,000 published newspaper articles, over 12,000 questions answered on air, over 7.8 million newsletters distributed, we're here for you for free, the Arizona homeowner. Boy, we had a funny event at Rosie's house last night. Jennifer and I just got done with a little road trip. We took about eight days and drove back to Washington, D.C. to deliver a car to our daughter who's just moved there. So last night was our first night home. And uh, we fixed dinner and we moved to the TV trays in the living room to watch a little TV. And I turned on the TV and Jennifer started Jennifer started crying. I thought, mm-hmm. is she that happy to be home? What's going on? Well, I think crying's a bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but I was truly disappointed to see football on TV in August. That's like going to Hobby Lobby and finding decorations in July. I just can't go there. I love the family football. I love the college football. But by January, I'm pretty done, and so I don't want to start any earlier. Just saying. Well, the Cardinals did rack up their first preseason win, so congratulations to the Cardinals. And they beat the Cowboys, and that's my and happy that, day. That's, a, that's, that's all the better, right? Yeah. But I, I, I giggled pretty hard when I looked over there and saw her eyes. She thought, this can't be happening. It's called being a football widow for the next six months. Man, oh, man. Well. One, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you to join the conversation. Text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three. You can email info at rosieonthehouse dot com. It is the nine o'clock hour on the house topic, and we spend the hour talking about something on your home castle or cabin. If you follow along in our home maintenance calendar. You can see our topic for the month is water resources, rain, retentions, reuse. And we've got a lot of the rain, and we've got a returning guest, always one of our favorites, Donna DeFrancesco from Water Use It Wisely, joining us in studio to talk about water. water. Use it wisely. That's right. <laughs> and you just ordered the perfect weather oh, for this gosh. episode. And. When you guys are talking about water, you knew I had to be here. If this is your month to talk about water. So Absolutely. thank you for having us. And there was an article posted at our flagship station yesterday or the day before that Gary D. forwarded talking about the water runoff that we've got from the rain. Yeah. And we have SRP estimates 125 acre feet of water has flown through our rivers just from the runoff. And that was before yesterday's rain. Yes. And the snowpack runoff was 104 acre feet. So we've gotten a very wet monsoon. It was provided more moisture than our snow runoff. And Mm -hmm. somebody commented in the section that, you know, well, this water is wasted in the summer because we don't, uh, because it just all flows down the river. It's the snowpack that we really need. Although we do really need the snowpack. I don't agree that this is wasted water. 
Well, I am not the SRP expert, but I know that we build these reservoirs for that purpose that we do get runoff. Now, that snow melt is fabulous for, you know, filling up the reservoirs, but we're certainly, they definitely see a raise in those levels of reservoirs uh, with, with the rains. Absolutely. So it's very beneficial. It's also soaking the ground. I mean, you're getting uh, it's, it's soil moisture now where, you know, when we do get uh, maybe hopefully next winter, then maybe more of that snow melt will be runoff that'll go into the reservoirs as yeah. well. So I think it complements the snow melt because definitely. it keeps it fuller. Yeah. So that when we do get the more snowmelt, may even yeah. end up in a situation where they have to release yeah. water to keep the yeah. dams, you know, from going over their full level. And then let me tell you one other key here, which is everybody should be have their irrigation systems turned off, right? So we'll take in less water out of those reservoirs for our landscapes right now. So yeah, that should be saving it as well. Let's keep as much as we can in those reservoirs. That's the reason why those were built. Just happens that they end up being great recreation areas for us as well for boating and other things. But the purpose of those is to store that water for use when we need it. And one of the points I would like to make when we talk about water is you know, people are like, well, you know, that you lost that water. Well, you, you can't lose water. You may waste it for its intended purpose that you have that designated water for. But whether it's evaporation, well, the water's still there. It's just in its. It's liquid it's, for it it's, form, it's, it's gas form, mm-hmm. it's it's the water cycle. Form. It's what <laughs> keeps the <laughs> earth going round and round. So yeah, definitely. And and that that's a great segue too for me to talk about rainwater harvesting because again, the more we can keep and retain that moisture, not only in, in our homes, but also even in our, our commercial landscapes along the, the roadways, we're trying to get a lot more of the cities to incorporate what's called low impact development. It means we're cutting the curbs or putting cores in the curbs so that we can collect rainwater right off the street, getting it into those landscapes. We're saving water on uh, watering those landscapes. We are cleaning the water before it goes into the storm drains and into the rivers or, or natural waterways and uh, recharging groundwater. All those things are just so beneficial. We have so much per- you know, impermeable surfaces around the cities. We need to do more of that capturing of the rainfall. And, and we have watersheds, our own watersheds. We have buildings and rooftops and driveways. All those things will shed the water off and we can collect that, that water into our landscapes. And we have a great page on com. We have one specifically for rainwater harvesting that has, we've just listed all the resources that are available. We get you in touch with people like the Watershed Management Group, a great nonprofit that does everything to do with water harvesting, and just so much more information. We talked last week with Arizona Farm Bureau because they are the mm-hmm. biggest water consumers in the yes. state. Behind that, uh, what we're talking about today is residential landscape use because most of the water, especially if you're on a tied into a city, mm-hmm. the water that goes down the drain, I think the statistic is 90% of that is reused. Uh, they use it to yeah. power the power plants at yeah. Palo Verde Nuclear Power. A that's lot right. of our energy comes from our sewer water right. um, that's then purified and reused. So it's the water that's yeah. done outside. It's not necessarily wasted um, if you're doing trees and you've got mm-hmm. a nice zero escape, but sure. it could be poorly managed and the right. point of today's topic is to talk about 
properly managing yeah. your Arizona landscape. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and you do see that, you know, up to 70% or more of the water use is outdoors in residential situations. So we do want people to be using that efficiently. But it's like you say, I think because, you know, Arizona is landlocked and we couldn't just dump our wastewater out in an ocean or a lake or a river like so many um, other parts of the country do. So we've been extremely efficient and creative with using that wastewater. And like you say, for for uh, uh, Palo Verde nuclear power plant, for uh, we have an exchange where we get some uh, with the Gila River Indian community. We give them our treated wastewater, and it's treated to a very high quality level. They send it down south for farms and stuff like that to be used. We uh, water landscapes with it, so there's a lot of great uh, uses we do with our reclaimed water. Most of the golf courses are all water with reclaimed water. Yes, that's right. Many are absolutely. So yeah. So in our own personal water use for our landscapes, yes. uh, where is the number one water violation? Is that <laughs> lawns? Is that uh, wow. bad Let's irrigation see. timing? <laughs> uh, where do you want to start? <laughs> I, yes, I think I'd have to put lawns first only because if especially if you have leaks or you know a head that gets kicked off or something like that you've got that you've got that little fountain going up and and everything so and you were very glad you were at this hour because if you came in when we come in Uh, you see uh. this (laughs) row of palm trees out here behind me that are grown in a median that have lawn yes all the sprinklers were on this morning running No, say it. Oh, so there's that too, and and it is a shame. Not only is it a very useless stretch of lawn. Exactly. I think I've taken a picture of that before too for talks and things like that to show people like them. Don't do this if you don't have to. Uh, but yeah, so that we hate to see that, don't we? After a beautiful rain like this, and then to have the sprinklers running. So, so there's that. So, so sprinklers and and lawn is going to use a lot more water than desert landscaping, and then of course just the system itself is is just more prone to to damage and, and water waste and things like that. So, and, and just with the fact that it's spraying up in the air, you lose a lot of water to evaporation. That's why we love drip systems, because putting water right at the source of the roots where it's needed, and you're not losing, you know, so much to just evaporation and things like that. It's a lot more protected. So, you and know, the more you can do desert landscaping, you know, and, and that kind of thing, we, we sure prefer that. A lot, of, a lot of the municipalities are offering rebates and things like that for people to remove grass. Mesa has uh, a, a rebate of up to $575 to remove remove your grass and put in desert plants. So uh, check with uh, with your, your municipality on that. Sarah Porter from mm-hmm. the University of Arizona's uh, Water Law, Kyle. The, the title's so long I can never designate it all to memory. But the Kyle the... Center for, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> she said the biggest crop is lawns and, and across America. So yes. that's not to say it's bigger yes. than agriculture. But if you break down yes. agriculture into crops, sure. lawns in America are yeah. the biggest single crop that uh, yeah. that we grow. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell anybody not to have a lawn or that they can't put one right. in. And if you have an old system, you know, do yourself a favor. Go to a Ewing Irrigation or mm-hmm. some professional place. The new rotary heads that mm-hmm. have, um, you know, they use a fraction of the water. Yep. And like the MP rotators and things will, yeah. And they have larger droplets, so there's less loss to evaporation. It applies a lot more slowly, so you have to have much longer run times than you'd ever think you would with sprinklers. But, but you're it, still using a less it, water. It's, and it's less more water. Efficient. And then it's less runoff usually and things like that. So you have less problems with that. Absolutely. So, but, so and, and we agree. We, you know, that's what the Xeriscape 
principles talk about Certainly you can have small grass areas, but we just want people to think about, make sure they're functional, you know, uh, and I always say, have it in the backyard so you don't have to worry about (laughs) keeping it mowed and and looking good for the neighbors and everybody, you know, but, uh, but just think about them being, you know, those functional areas for the kids, for the dog, for what you need. And that's where artificial turf can also be used. (laughs) Correct. Correct. So, and that's one of the things uh, I want to talk about is, is the bigger picture is is it really water saving? Because of how much water resource goes into manufacturing the, the material and yeah. then now transporting it for the install. <laughs> the install itself, they still put in sprinklers so you can run it and clean it off of mm-hmm. dog deposits. And, and cool it. And then, <laughs> and then at the time it's um, used up, it's now in the landfill. So, Romy, you get a star today for your sustainability. Uh, sorry, Gary, um, but he's looking at the whole big picture, and that is one of the reasons why uh, Mesa does not allow to use artificial turf because we're concerned about the, you know, we're, we're trading one environmental impact for another potentially. It's a petroleum-based product. It does heats up substantially in the summer months, so it's there's and they're not there's none of those benefits that plants provide by absorbing CO2 and giving off oxygen and just cleaning the air and that kind of stuff. So so we um, we don't allow it and and you know a lot of the manufacturers will tell you it is uh, recyclable, but I just think who's going to be there well, to take it away and recycle it when the time comes. And, and even the so, recycling bins that yeah. we use at the city, I, what, less than 10% of that stuff that goes in it's, there, it gets recycled anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you don't Yeah, don't even try putting your artificial turf in your recycle bin. I, I guarantee it's not going to be recycled there. Continuing our conversation about water savings and we didn't have enough time going into the break there to Mm. clarify a few things we were talking artificial turf and i wasn't saying that it doesn't have its place or don't install it but if you're looking at it thinking you're saving water i don't think you're looking at the big picture and what you were saying donna is that the water rebate that's available through the city of mesa doesn't up doesn't apply if you're using artificial turf. That's what I meant. Yeah. Not it's like we've outlined it completely. <laughs> no, it's just that you wouldn't be able to qualify for the rebate if you just replaced your grass with artificial turf. What we're asking people to do is replace it with low water use plants, desert landscaping, and some trees. And you mentioned Mesa because you're with the city of Mesa. I am. Yeah, we didn't start there, did we? Yeah, I'm daughter <laughs> I, with the city of Mesa. I, yes, you know, you've been on so many times, I just wisely. assume people know these things. <laughs> But yes, we're here. Uh, we did want to talk just briefly about water use at Wisely. I'm very excited to be able to share this with your listeners that we, uh, we've we been working really hard the last uh, year and a half or so. We did this whole uh, rebrand uh, exercise. I mean, we went through doing surveys and, and doing all kinds of, you know, talking to people to look at what our current brand was and what we should look at to, to maybe modify that and just decided that it really was a, t- a good time to to get a, a whole new logo even and so you know one of the things that I was always worried about with what is it wisely it started in Mesa then we opened it up we have 18 regional partners we have you know Mesa Phoenix Scottsdale uh, Chandler uh, Glendale and SRP and uh uh, private water companies that are all part of this campaign. What we do is we just try to pool our funds so that we can get messaging out, consistent messaging out to the public. So that's our purpose. I, I say we're not selling anything, but the ways to save water. And one of our, our big strong suits is our, our website, wisely.com. We have incredible 
resources that we've developed on there, all kinds of landscape information. But certainly, you know, we want people to do the indoor savings as well. You know, there's all kinds of things they can do indoors as well. So we've got great, great stuff on there. So so that's been... uh, And water use it wisely. Yeah. Talk about how that came together and who's behind that. Well, it is, I tell you what, it is uh, a lot of passionate and fierce water conservation specialists around the valley. We do. We love getting together. We, you know, talk about ideas. So it is, uh, like I said, people from all those different cities. There's uh, EPCOR Water and um, uh, Central Arizona Project is a member and uh, Arizona Department of Water Resources. But we just, we, we all get together and we talk about what we want to do, what kind of messaging that we're needing to get out, making sure we're getting information together. So uh, we we, we, and uh, there's an association of all these cities that use the the water department, AMWA. AMWA is uh, AMWA has uh, is a separate group, and so there's uh, all the um, members. There's there's ten valley cities that are municipalities that are members of AMWA, and AMWA has this other tremendous bank of resources and they put out those wonderful booklets but you know it's funny that they put out the plants book and the xeriscape booklets and guides and online versions of those and water use it wisely is the one that created the watering by the numbers so that was something that we were very proud of landscape watering by the numbers a guide for the arizona desert and that's and both online and in a booklet form yeah if you heard our eight o'clock hour sarah yeah. maitland was in from save a tree and she right. said she makes sure every one of her customers gets that book yeah, that's always it, good to hear. We love that. So. <laughs> and it's you can get the physical book. You can yeah. download the PDF online, yeah. print it out. Yeah. It's not a big book, but... Well, you know, well, it, it started out, I, I was I was sure we could make it into like a trifold brochure. It ended up being an 18-page booklet. <laughs> and it's called Watering by the Numbers because, you know, water, it, we say it's an art and a science. There's, you know, and it's, it's there's the number of gallons. There's the number of feet the water should go. There's the number of days in between. There's the number of, you know, how long do you run your clock? And so it's, there really is a lot to just thinking of all that. But that's why we tried to break it down into real simple steps for people. And it really starts with the soil type and identifying it because how the water saturates the soil depends on how you set your timer and all those other numbers you were mentioning how many days how many gallons right how how many hours when it's on yeah and i heard sarah talking as well something that's really critical is that drying period in between irrigation and that does two things you want to get that what we call deeply and infrequently you probably hear that mantra a lot and we want that water to go deep into the soil but we do want it to dry out in between the irrigations and that does a couple things it helps to uh it does allow oxygen to come back in which is critical for healthy roots so we do we don't want the soil saturated all the time but it also gets those roots down deep where they're better protected uh from the dry winds and heat and everything and uh last week we had our yuma farmer in does a lot of lettuce growing he said sometimes up to 20 percent of their water is just to leach the salt past the root system so there's you know, another benefit yes. of making sure it goes deep. Yes. Hard minerals get all yes. the way past the root zone. And it's another great reason to harvest this rainwater because that'll wash those salts out too. Oh, yeah. Arizona is Sanderson Ford country. Jennifer and I just took a little Ford Escape. And took eight days and drove to Washington, D.C. Enjoyable little ride. I have to say it's been a long time since I spent that much time in that small a car. Uh, I'm generally 
Uh, no, that's not true. I'm exclusively a pickup truck guy. <laughs> um, there was one short span of my adult life I had a sports car, but Jennifer and Arizona Department of Transportation thought it was a lot smarter if I got back into an F- <laughs> back into an F two fifty. So I did. So I went back back to my F two fifty, and I tell you what, Ford is just busting the automobile industry headlines i mean with their mach e with their maverick with their bronco i mean they are just smashing it they're killing it i'm so proud of ford right now and i'm so proud of sanderson ford and talk about retained value i've shared the story a few times we took a 2007 f-350 dually to the junior high rodeo national finals and i Everyone that saw it was offering, I'll buy that truck from you. I'll buy that truck from you. Well, I saw a truck today on my drive-in. Look at this. Probably a late 80s model, jet black, F-150, XLT, four-wheel drive, mint condition. Talk about retained value. Can you tell- That's a good-looking rig. How how many other vehicles of that age? And uh, the funny thing was another truck of a different brand, brand new, souped up, jacked up, all these mud tires- Pulled in right next to a park. Nobody even paid any attention to it. <laughs> the guy that pulled out of this, everyone came, what year is that? And how many miles you got on it? What engine? And I got one just like that. Or I had that. Or that was my first one. It is disheartening to see um, a truck that you know you're older than become a classic. Uh, that, that was yes, a little disheartening. Yes. That's still a beautiful truck. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Well, folks, I have to tell you. If you're shopping vehicles, you've got to take a look at Ford. And if you're looking at Ford, you've got to look at America's most award-winning dealership, which is right here in Arizona. It's Sanderson Ford, family-owned and operated for 65 years, sitting on 64 acres. If you want to find one of those classics that Romy's looking for, they can shop that down for you. They can find it. They've got a huge assortment of used vehicles and, of course, all the new beauties. If you want affirmation as to what the buying experience is at Sanderson Ford, just go to their website and start reading their reviews. It's one five-star review after another, dated yesterday, the day before. These are all current. It's Blake, it's Anna, it's Elizabeth, it's Charles, it's Florin, it's Tracy, it's Matthew, it's Barbara. It goes on and on and on about how great an experience they had buying their vehicle at Sanderson Ford. You will never, ever, ever regret shopping and buying at Sanderson. I hang my name on that. Back in studio with our guests. Well, I say guest, uh, Donna D. Francesco, and you've brought Steve in, but he won't talk. <laughs> I've got my sidekick with me. Yes, yes. He's just here for, for he's my support uh, guest. I, I heard he's up here for burritos. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He yeah. is. There's a great place that he likes to go to that's just down the street. So, And what is it? Los Taquitos. Los Taquitos. I don't know that one. I'll have to Folks, hunt it down. If you haven't been, try out Los Taquitos. And that was on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives a while back. And uh, delicious salsas. Uh, very hot, though. you got to like the spicy stuff. But yeah. <laughs> We're talking water saving, regardless of that. <laughs> That's <right>. Water conservation. <laughs> and our article, if you get our weekly newsletter, I had a link to our uh, blog article today on 10 water saving 
uh, water-friendly landscape tips. There's a couple in here I really had to like yeah. sit there and ponder, but I think yeah. I, I think I, I can, <laughs> number five, yes. when we're talking water saving, it says views. Views. You know, how does, how how does, does view <laughs> come into water savings? And I think I got it. Good, tell me. <laughs> right place, right location. If you plant a tree True. and you later have to move it because it's obstructing your view, you've wasted yeah. all the water That's growing right. that tree <laughs> and you have to start over. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right plant, right place is one of the best best tips you can give anybody. So you want to get that plant in the right place. But this listing that that, uh, that you guys have posted and sharing with your, with your uh, viewers and uh, – it's really more design type tips, and this was uh, these tips. I think we need to change the headline. To yeah, the yeah, kind of <laughs> came out of you know all the years that I was out doing uh, landscape rebates, and I was out seeing what people were doing for designs, and I just started finding there were certain things that I noticed to me, and and, and landscapes are very personal what people like, but uh, I grew up in kind of a rural natural area in New Hampshire, and I think I kind of like just those natural looking landscapes, and so you know we had things like making sure you're grading the yard. Now grading the yard actually is a water saver. But it's also uh, an aesthetic thing that you can, you know, just adds interest um, to the yard by by kind of giving it, you know, some irregular, uh, maybe some some, uh, you know, dipped areas that'll collect water and things like that. So swales, well, not that swales and at. berms, <laughs> and then and then boulders, and and I so I put that in there. How how are boulders going to help? Well, boulders are saving water, right? They don't need water, but but I love those surface boulders and something that's a little more natural. And then when you place your boulders, make sure you bury them by a third at least so that they look like they were naturally there and somebody didn't just drop it out of the sky. So things like that. Uh, but yeah, the, the in the views, let me talk about the views because what I talked about, this is again as a design type thing. Look at what you might want to see outside your window. So if you want to see the hummingbirds feeding on that beautiful desert plant that's blooming and, um, you know, the, the aloes or whatever it might, the fairy dusters are wonderful at attracting those things and butterflies too, then plant those outside a window that you might have your coffee. But then sometimes we do want to block views, so you might want to plant some plants that are screen, you know, will screen the neighbor's pickup truck that you don't like to see. Maybe not that beautiful <laughs> one you just showed, but maybe, uh, maybe something you'd want to screen. And then you also want to look at the views, like we want to see these mountains. So, so you know, make sure you leave views open. And so that was uh, just one of those other tips. You can find that at rosieonthehouse.com and our blog article today uh and uh, we will change it from water-friendly landscape to maybe design-friendly you know we'll, we'll work on that but. and the whole point is if you love your desert landscape you're going to be saving water right so i mean but those some of those tips can work for any kind of <laughs> any type of landscape and i think a big head trash that people have when they're moving into the desert if they're coming from other parts mm -hmm. of the country is they're used to color and they think mm -hmm. there's no color in native plants and right. that's just you know not what, true. What, it, your, your bird's eye view from the airplane is very deceitful in that yes, regard. <laughs> yes. All, honestly, I came here, moved here from back east, and when somebody asked me to describe Arizona, I said, it looks like they paved it to put a parking lot in and never finished. And I feel horrible <laughs> for saying that. Because after I moved here, I really saw the beauty of the desert. And it's to me, it's striking and wonderful and beautiful. And to have things just burst into bloom the way they do, and especially when you go with those native plants. And I came here as a horticulturist from another region. I had to lose so many of those plants that I loved. Hostas, I still miss hostas, you know, but they just don't 
do well here. But boy, the plants that I would maybe try to grow back east that would do terrible there. You know, the gazanias do fantastic. And, and then just all these native plants of yellow bells and orange bells. And uh, we get wonderful color and a seasonal color. And we can really plant a landscape and get color year round. I'm putting on a, a, a workshop, in fact, next week, next Wednesday, for, uh, Plants for Shade, Color, and Wildlife. And actually, if you go to waterusatwisely.com, we have a calendar and it has all kinds of uh, workshops that all the partners are providing. And a lot of them are just through Zoom and, and available online. So check it out because it's real easy to take those programs. We've really got to catch the ear yeah. of all of the people coming here. Yes. Because like you, like me, in 1966, I came from South Louisiana. Oh, you know, I oh. kept I kept looking for the bayou. Absolutely. You know, and I Big thought, oh, what did my lush. daddy do? Where did where has he taken us? <laughs> but I, you know, Phoenix is now the fifth largest city in America. It just right. overtook Philadelphia. That's right. I just saw that. Hundred and sixty thousand new residents, and it has absolutely no indication of slowing down. Oh. We've got to catch the ear mm -hmm. of everyone coming here and saying, look, take your breath, stop, learn to appreciate the beauty of this Sonoran Desert yeah. because this is an absolutely beautiful state. Right. And before you get in there and start planting all the plants you brought from right. you know, New Hampshire, South right. Louisiana, or right. Georgia, or Illinois, right. let's just stop yes. and go to water, use it wisely. Yes. Take, a, take a look at the water guidelines there. Take a yeah. look at some of the plant recommendations. We have a plant of the month oh. column that's available. They can see all kinds of beautiful plants there. We really got to catch the ear of all these yes. newcomers. We really yeah. do. And it's understandable. That's challenging to kind of get up to speed on all that stuff, but there's a lot, so many good resources. And you can go out to the Botanical Gardens or Boyce Thompson Arboretum, all kinds of places. Great to idea. And see. that's a public displays is another thing I would say. Go go to those. Botanical Gardens. Um, Demonstration Gardens. I, a lot of the cities have those too. Yes. I, I wouldn't start with the Botanical Gardens because you have to understand how many volunteer hours <laughs> go into <laughs> into those grounds. Yes. You're not going to be able to create this it's in your amazing. backyard. It, it's going to so, be hard to, to you know replicate that. But some people have done pretty gotten pretty close. But, yes. but there are uh, the... the Wastewater plant on Hayden Road at McDowell, no, McDonald, just south of Saguaro uh, High School. That stretch right there, they have a great the zero escape. The Indian Bend Wash at the Scottsdale Zero Escape yep. Demonstration Garden. Incredible place. Incredible. Um, great the, signage. Great, you know, they do such a good job maintaining that. It's beautiful. We have Mesa Community College has a zero escape demonstration garden as well. Uh, Tempe has one. And so, again, all those are listed on Water Use It Wisely. You can find demo garden locations. So uh, On the West Valley, Glendale Public mm -hmm. Library has oh, yes. uh, a, a beautiful for, display. They're just fantastic. Yeah. Thanks uh, for mentioning them. Peoria on Grand Avenue where you turn into yeah. the main city. I think it's 83rd Avenue. Sounds like you've been to a lot of them I did here. my homework. Romy, yeah, yeah, good job, good job. And uh, Surprise is putting one in around their city. They're uh, just installing one, I think, now, yes. Buildings, yes. and that's like and Bell Road and uh, like Litchfield, Bullard area. The great thing about the demo gardens is that, you know, this is one of the things I, you know, because I was in the nursery industry, I worked in greenhouses, a lot of the plants are grown so that they look great in a pot, right? And and we would even put some hormones on them to make them look even better in the pots or the, or the little pony packs. Really, though, these desert plants, they just, they're just they just going to look like little homely things sometimes in the pots in the nursery. <laughs> so it's something that you have to really see. It's like, okay, when I plant it, 
this is what's going to happen when it actually gets established. But they aren't being bred or grown so that they look good in these nursery pots necessarily. Now, some do look pretty good, but but a lot of them may not. So then you, you got that Palo Blanco. It's going to be this little wispy stick. And I'm going to say, yes, grow this plant. Trust me, it's going to be gorgeous. And you're, if you see it in the demo garden, you'll you'll probably trust me more. I've always respected the austerity and the tenacity oh, of yes. an Okatia. Yes. Yes. But right now, an Okatia looks like the bushiest <laughs> pipe cleaner. I mean, they are just, you, you just have to look at them and rejoice for Fantastic. them. I know you're happy. I'm happy for you. You just look yes. great. Yes. Yes, and that's what I said. I, I, it's, it's the plants have responded so beautifully to this rain, and especially those native desert plants. That that's what they do. They're 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 you know ev- they have evolved with these conditions, and so they they're just they lose all the leaves, and they that's one of their strategies to save water. It's like, hey, it's not enough water for me to leaf out right now. This rain came, and like you said, Ro- Rosie, it's just poof, and then so many will just burst into bloom too. The the sages that burst oh, into bloom man. aren't they fantastic? And it's just like, yeah. So they they just are are just wonderful that they're so responsive um, to the rains, and, and it's really fun to watch that. They use water wisely. Yes. And a place to sit somewhere near water. We were talking about demonstration gardens and, you know, places out in the public you can go see great examples um, of, you know, native desert plants. And everything we mentioned was around Maricopa County. But there is, for our affiliates listening on KGVY and KNST out of Tucson, mm-hmm. uh there's not I I'm not aware of as many in the Tucson area, but I a big part of that is I think Tucson in their early development did a much better job building into the landscape instead of scraping right. it with these completely clear stacking houses and then bringing non-native yeah. plants in, like a lot of the Maricopa County developments you see. And like Donnie said, some of them were over farmland, so it was yeah. already stripped. Right. Uh, but Tucson it, it really grew in built itself into the landscape a lot better. But there is a Tucson Wildlife Center is a great place that you can go see a lot of natives. Um, the uh, the Tucson Botanical Gardens is incredible. Yes, absolutely. And Tohono Chol uh, is one of my favorite little demonstration gardens there as well. And uh, the Cooperative Extension has a really nice little demonstration garden area, by the way, down there at the, the Pima Cooperative Extension. So. And you had also mentioned the nurseries down there savannah oh, yes yes uh, Rito, great uh, Sierra, yes and mesquite valley mesquite growers valley. and uh what's the uh mesquite valley survivors got a is great a fun view little. of the catalinas <laughs> <laughs> oh and oh, oh we can't forget arizona sonora desert museum so um down there in Tucson. that's what i was trying to look up it's, yes yes uh, and so they do have these fantastic beautiful public gardens and and uh, that that are just display just plants beautifully and of course both the flora and the fauna the animals too so. and just the drive out to the Arizona oh. Sonora Desert Museum then you go through Saguaro National Monument and that's a view oh my goodness it's wonderful so on our final segment I didn't mean yeah. to deter because I know you had a lot of great uh, final takeaways to share but I just I had to get our Southern Arizona listeners yeah included. absolutely beautiful place down there we love it. So, 
So, um, yeah, one of the other things I wanted to talk about with and, and with what we have available at wateruseitwisely.com, one of the things that we do is to uh, have a blog each about three times a month. So we, not quite every week, but we'll, we'll have uh, either information that we're putting out there, anything that's new news, a lot of landscape information, but we also invite guest bloggers to write for. So actually I'll do a shout out to your to your listeners. And if anyone uh, enjoys writing about gardening, they, you can just go to wadiesatwisely.com and look for the guest blogger page and it'll tell you how to get in touch with us if you have a topic you'd like to write about. But one Th- of the... Doesn't guarantee you'll get published. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> just, yes. just, say you know, just say you know Donna. <laughs> Donna oh, Donna, wow. Donna told me to send this in. Yes, right, that's right. <laughs> Uh, so our recent blog, our most recent blog, uh, is by Jason Wiley. He's the director of horticulture at Boyce Thompson Arboretum. And um, he wrote a blog on sustainable gardening, 10 easy tips. And I just wanted to point out, you know, it starts out right plant, right place, the exact same thing mm-hmm. that you just started us out with, Romy. And and then, you know, know your watering schedule and then water harvesting. So it's all these things we talked about. Leave those leaves. So, you know, mulching and leaving mulch, leaving mulch putting mulch in place or leaving the leaves to help retain the moisture, keep the weeds down. And I know your Sarah Maitland was talking about that in the prior segment as well. Um, plant for pollinators. That's so critical. Uh, keep your plants healthy, manage invasive plants. Those are something we have to watch and be careful of. Uh, and make sure you have permeable surfaces and letting the moisture go in, you know, use those pavers, you know, like Belgard pavers, let the moisture go into the soil uh, and, 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 uh, stabilized decomposed granite you can do things like that uh, he suggests limiting light pollution for the wildlife because that can kind of be an issue for some of the wildlife and then incorporating edibles into your landscape so he has those 10 fun tips that's a great article yes it is that and is a great article he did a fantastic job and so check that out and what we have is a newsletter that that you can sign up for just go to the site you'll see all many places where you can sign up for the newsletter. We send that out once a month with those three blogs, and we also have the plan of the month. And if uh, any of your listeners... Go ahead. That's my favorite, the plant of the month. Yes. I mean, the blogs are great, but I always yeah. look for that plant of the month, and I save those well, uh, just for future reference in our yeah. landscape development. Perfect. And at the end of each of those plan of the month articles, blogs, there's a link to, to just go to a whole listing of all of them. So it's real easy to f- get to the whole group of them too. Can I say something real quick about Boyce Thompson? Yes. That is a PhD in uh, cactus and or desert plants. I spent oh. four hours, Yeah. four hours walking that place in amazement. And I wanted to plant everything that I saw, and that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Well, they also have the garden there the um, that they just opened up. Wallace. The Wallace... Demonstration garden. Uh, de- the Wallace Demonstration Garden is now open there. They have a, had a donation of plants, and I, I hope you did see those, Gary, because they were incredible. And so definitely stop by Boyce Thompson and see the H.B. Wallace demo demo garden there really easy to get to just get on 60 and head east and yeah keep going east and keep going east if you hit superior you just missed it (laughs) right and if but let me go back to the blogs if i can and if people sign up for our newsletter uh, we are going to take all the people that signed up today and we will notify you we're going to do give some prizes wildflower seeds and some fun swag from water use it wisely so please sign up for our newsletter wateruseitwisely.com that's it you may be a drop your action Create a ripple. I love that new slogan. (laughs) 
Thank you. We do too. 